0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 397 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd joining you here today. Todd, how you doing, my man?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Creeping up on the 400,
1: right? Like it means something.
0: That's right. As long as we don't reboot it and have an all-new fresh start or something. Fresh coat of paint.
1: No, that's when we get replaced or uh, you die or I die or we both die. Oh, so next week. Well, again, <laughs> we we reset the, doomsday, the personal doomsday clock earlier in the week. It was touch and go uh, last week, but, you know. True, true. We'll see. I can see for now my head only hurts a little as opposed to a ton. Mm-hmm. Tune in After Dark last week and this week for more of the ever-growing adventures of the things that are growing on my scalp.
0: <laughs> yes. It's riveting.
1: It is. I hope mm-hmm. it's not rivets, because that's a whole other thing.
0: That's like that old joke. Did you hear that, that movie, that the Titanic movie's getting a prequel? No, I time. hear it's I hear it's riveting. Get it? They rivet to put a ship together. Rivet.
1: I'm surprised. And we're going to get into the show, I promise. I'm not a fan <laughs> of tangents to start off a show. <laughs> so, James Cameron recently made some remarks in regards to how the superhero movies are unoriginal and all of this other jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Where this is the guy who either has been directly or indirectly involved with six Terminator movies over the last 30 years, plus a TV show. Okay. Plus now he want... did Avatar, and then he said his next movies are going to be two Avatar sequels.
0: Okay. First of all, he had stuff to do with the first two Terminator movies. Then I don't think he had anything to do with the rest, other than his name slapped on because he was a creator because he lost the rights to Terminator in a divorce.
1: I I vividly recall, at the very least, for three Rise of the Machines mm-hmm. that he was on the press junket.
0: Yeah, and it's I, probably cash in a check.
1: Oh uh, well listen. Cash in a check. You're you're involved in some way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now and then the most recent one which destroyed the franchise where they brought Arnie back and they did all the time travel stuff.
0: Right. Genesis. Like,
1: uh, right. Geno Genosis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know he was involved with that one as well. Like he gave because it messes up the timeline. Right. He gave his approval for them to change the uh timeline going forward because he felt as though this would be the way to reboot the franchise and of course him make more money
0: well he's getting it back and it's going to be a la superman Mm. it's going to be like terminator one and two happened but uh three four and five didn't happen so it's good it'll all be
1: good so where i'm going with this is we're only about five years away from james cameron actually doing a titanic prequel Hey Listen. you ever wonder what Jack was like before he was poor and a little boy? <laughs> he hey, was sad. He was sad because his dad died. Hey, you ever wonder what I want uh, Kate Winslet's character whose name I don't know? Rose. Rose. You know what she was like when before she was rich? She was rich and a little kid
0: and sad.
1: And sad. And they didn't even know what a Titanic was. That's the prequel. It costs Ugh. $80 million to make.
0: And it would make $2 billion.
1: Well, listen. Very original ideas. Patent pending. Right. So Patent we have depending. stuff to talk about on the show, Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have discussions in regards to DC and what they're doing digitally, both on a computer and with your comic books. Oh, boy. Uh, we have follow-ups. Two things that we've discussed on this show in previous weeks, and an update with a delay of a, com- a big <laughs> DC event comic, which I know Todd is very shocked by.
0: Totally shocked, and I'm not going to hear Joe complain about it at all.
1: Mm, you might. Because the check cleared. Okay. I don't know if the check cleared or not. <laughs> Well, I we'll have to check my account. It's still in the red. I don't know. Uh, we have, uh, convention stuff going on. We have a dozen, at least, sales, uh, digitally, a bunch of freebies to discuss. Uh, what we read this past week, which would be Avengers number one, DC Nation number zero, and Red Sonya Tarzan number one. Mm-hmm. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd's Art Attack. As well as discussion of the most recent episodes of Krypton and The Flash. Yes. So let's get into... Let's rip off the Band-Aid, Todd. Right. So... uh, Doomsday Clock is going to be late. No. Um. So issue four... Uh, came out about uh about a month and a half ago now uh issue five is supposed to come out at the end of this month now um Jeff johns said that it um it is even it's earlier than they had originally projected mm-hmm Uh, quote, Gary and I are working diligently to deliver a thought-provoking and beautifully drawn series that's unlike anything else on the shelves. It's incredibly important to us to keep up the quality of Doomsday Clock, but also to deliver on the bi-monthly schedule if we intend to keep our word. And we intend to keep our word. Issue five will begin the countdown. For the DC Universe as the worlds of the Watchmen and DC fully collide, blah, 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 blah. So, issue five is supposed to come out at the end of this month. But issue six is, like, three months after that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, while Jeff Johns is saying this, the DC websites are saying the next two issues are going to be later than they are the DC website says that issue 5 which is supposed to come out the 30th of May is actually coming out the 20th of June and issue 6 which was originally scheduled to come out July 18th is now the end of August right um, and he and Jeff Johns reiterated I guess to someone else on Twitter that the bi-monthly schedule is guaranteed
0: well then it's guaranteed
1: oh it's hard.
0: Uh, Remember when I this think... was
1: supposed to be a four issue miniseries?
0: <laughs> yep,
1: and then they added more
0: issues because, you know, <sighs> they they needed them and then they're probably changing the ending because they have a better ending. Um this sounds a lot like a lot of the things that Marvel does.
1: When he was, when I was reading that press release, mm-hmm. it made me harken back to the, uh, first Civil War, uh, interviews when that book was late. And Mark Millar was like, well, Steve McNiven has a sore throat. Yes. So he can't draw. And it's gonna be worth it. And I'll never forget this. It's gonna be worth it that the book is late. Because Civil War is gonna be a book that people have on their shelves, just like Watchmen.
0: And they do. Now, okay. Do they, Todd?
1: Because even if you're putting them on your shelf, uh, uh, unless you're a Philistine and you only have, like, six trade paperbacks, there's no way that a book that begins at the C would be on the same shelf as a book that begins at the W. They're going to be on completely different shelves.
0: <sighs> oh, my goodness. Your OCD's <laughs> acting up again. But, listen, in all honesty, I know you're kidding around. A little bit. I, I'm not going to say that Civil War written... Is the quality of Watchmen? I would never what? say that, but would I say that the original Civil War is, was, and continues to be an amazing seller? Yes, I will. Mm-hmm. That book sells a lot more than you would think, and all those spin-offs, the, the Fantastic Civil War, the, the Iron Spider-Man with the Iron Spider Civil War, all that stuff. To this day, people still come in and and buy that. So I'm not saying that you know he was right that way, but maybe there's something to what they did. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I did see that people said, um, because DC is doing a good job of at least shipping and keeping in stock and helping retailers keep in stock, the, the four issues that do exist, uh, there were retailers tweeting online that they did a brisk business of the Doomsday Clock stuff this past weekend for Free Comic Book Day. But I don't know. When Jeff Johns is sitting here saying a bi-monthly schedule is guaranteed, mm-hmm. and the book just keeps slipping and slipping on the schedule, that doesn't fill me with that doesn't fill me with pride, Todd.
0: And then the other part of it was: Do you remember how all this was supposed to work? It was supposed to be twelve issues, and it was supposed to be. Uh, I forget how it all worked. That it was, it was originally all...
1: supposed to be four issues. Then when it got changed to the twelve, it was supposed to be monthly.
0: Right, and then it was supposed to be. All this, like this, is a future book, like uh, Watchmen. And all our book, I think all the regular titles were supposed to catch up with, and they were supposed to meet at the end. Do you remember like them discussing that?
1: Well, I know, kind of in that all uh, I, I do like, remember that, yes,
0: like a one year later kind of a deal they were pushing that. Well. I want to see how that is this going to totally mess up like these Like I have a feeling that I've I've been loving DC a lot, like their monthly books, but I have a feeling we're about to, to get into to like padding mode for a lot of books and it's going to be a lot of treading water and you're going to be like, wow, this story like doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And that's what we're going to get because of this, because everything was supposed to spin out of doomsday clock. And since it's late, you can't go, oh, my issue was supposed to be eight issues from now was where I was supposed to do my big reveal that, you know, because of a doomsday clock. Now I can't do it. And I think all the Secret Wars back when uh they were doing it at Marvel and that pushed and everything kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. We're going to feel the same thing here. And it I, that to me hurts the ongoings, especially.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of what's going on with this is, that you know, we joke all the time. Uh about they thought of a better ending and they added the extra issues and all that sort of jazz. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that the change from to the bi-monthly schedule and the delays in the issues are to make sure that everything, whatever they're doing, fits in with ever, with whatever the Bendis stuff is going on.
0: I agree, but I also think maybe Gary Frank can't keep up. There's I think it's a lot there. of things. <laughs> and jeff johns is adding i think it i do think you're right i think it's a multi-headed hydra that is just just this has become the perfect storm of of stuff so i don't know hopefully it'll all turn out okay but it makes me this is a thick book already with doomsday clock and i'm gonna have to go back and reread one one through four when five and six come out like 10 years from now
1: well again it could be coming out either end of this month or 3 weeks after that or later who knows.
0: Mhm. Well, as long as I if I can find somebody who has uh, a spreadsheet with all these books <laughs> and would know when they're coming out
1: I had someone I uh not on the comic book one, but uh I do have a similar much more um obsessive spreadsheet for uh, the Marvel Puzzle Quest stuff, and I had someone compliment me on it today, so thank you very much, sir.
0: You gotta wing it like me and never get your books wrong. That's what you gotta do.
1: Uh, So, one more thing to kind of pile on DC before we wrap things up. So, um, with DC Rebirth starting, uh, you know, we're almost at the two-year mark. Uh, What, June was when it officially started? Like, they did their, like, one-shot issue in May, like the Rebirth book, and then all the books... Like started new in June, so we're almost at the two year mark.
0: Yeah, they started tearing them out, like. Mm.
1: Yeah, so uh, a bunch of the books that were priced at three ninety nine had a digital code in them. Um, you know, obviously they're like, well, you know, it's going to be the same page count, but the extra bucks we're going to give you the di- the digital copy as well. Uh, starting this month, however, uh, they took all those digital codes out of the three ninety nine books, kept them at three ninety nine. And those books that did have those digital codes in them that in print were 399 that if you went to uh, the DC. digital site to buy them, though they were 299, they're up to 399 digitally as well. Okay. There was no announcement. It just kind of happened.
0: It's how they get you.
1: Like when Marvel took the digital codes away, they announced it like a month in advance or two months in advance. And then three months later had to go back to the way that it used to be.
0: See, that's because they announced it. DC learned from Marvel's mistake.
1: Right. They're just like, yep, yeah, we're just going to take it away and jack up the prices digitally on those books.
0: But we're not going to give people a chance to complain about it before it happens. Yeah. We're just going to pull the switch over. I really don't care one way or another. I never really, I mean, I should. I never used any of those digital codes because, mm-hmm. like, I'm, like, allergic to them. Um, but so, like. I'm like, whatever, I'm at the point in my life where I buy comics, they're $3.99. they are ninety they're as many pages as they are, I get what I get, I put them in a bag and a, and a board, and I put them in a box, and mm-hmm. I'm good to go, so, I'm old school, though.
1: Right, I only mention it because it is a story, and it's a, a sly change in the price, mm-hmm. and it's a week when there's a bunch of DC news going on, I kind of led with the, the, the bad stuff, and now we're going to get into the good stuff. Maybe.
0: Basically, what it comes to me with this is, and this is always good for a podcast or something. You have I literally have no opinion on this. Oh, good. I have I have no hot takes. I have nothing when it comes to them taking the digital codes out of the books.
1: Right, and my only thing about that is personally, like I'm not currently getting any of those books that are three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But they're the same exact page count, and if you're like Marvel, where all your books are three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And they all have the digital codes in it. That's fine. You know, the, lately when they do their new number ones, they're a little bit bigger of an issue. Four ninety
0: nine. Four ninety
1: nine. Like last week's Avengers and this upcoming week's Venom. Whatever. You know, I understand that, but it's a bigger book. It's a you know, it's however many pages of story. At least with this, with DC, they're like for some arbitrary reason these books are three ninety nine, but we're going to give you this extra thing for that extra dollar. Now they took that extra thing away, but still kept the dollar increase. Mm-hmm. that I, I'm like, okay, eh, maybe there's a reason why those, like, five or six books are three ninety nine But then when you also raise their price, when you're just getting the digital version of them as well, it just seems like there's some, like, it just seems weird that they're doing it that way.
0: Uh, saving some money, I guess.
1: I guess. Uh So DC had good news this past week. And it was the beginning of the tease of their online streaming service. Uh, we got a name that's going to be called DC Universe. Uh, they did inform us that the Titans live action show, which is currently being filmed, the Return of Young Justice animated and the Harley Quinn animated shows are going to be on this, as well as the possibility of a new live action Swamp Thing show oh boy oh boy indeed so um dc finally getting their ducks in a row it has a name they have a mailing list sign up so you're the first people to find out about it so on and so forth uh i got two takes i got two thoughts of uh on this what are your feelings Mm
0: -hmm. um now the swamp thing part of the overall dc universe
1: i got you know i got one on i got one on each
0: well, um I'm good with it because I you know everybody's going to have their own digital service. Marvel's going to have their own, uh DC is probably the the wheelhouse that I if any of them that I was going to plunk down money for it would probably be the DC one and to add a swamp thing show and if it's done really well, I will be all over a swamp thing show, but you have to bring Matt Ryan and his wig over from Legends of Tomorrow as uh John Constantine. That's my take. All right, what's yours?
1: okay For this to succeed they need to focus less right now on the new stuff and announce what the back catalog they're gonna have on their ads because okay. you're you that's how you're gonna get people to if you tell people that you can like this is the only place where you're gonna be able to see the entire Adam West Batman, series streaming
0: oh the super friends stuff like that
1: right you need to get the old stuff on here and you need to let people know what that old stuff is ahead of time announcing the new stuff is great for the new people but you want it like you need to treat this like the world wrestling the award-winning world wrestling entertainment network you've got a very large back catalog and you need to let the people know what that back catalog is don't see, make them sign up and putz around and figure it out and so on and so forth.
0: See, I I think that is I I believe it's the other way around. You you should tell people what the new stuff is going to be. The stuff that the stuff that's that. on
1: there, you let them know already. This right, is the well first do, wave of the announcements.
0: Right. And you and maybe they'll have more announcements.
1: Let's get that out now.
0: Okay. I don't know. I just think – I don't know how much the draw of old Super Friends cartoons or Adam – maybe the Adam West Batman, but I don't know. Maybe Superman 1 through 4 and Man of Steel. I, I don't know. I just think your, your selling point is going to be the new content in my opinion. But
1: now, that's just thing what I think. That they need to figure out how to do as part of this. Now, yes, obviously it's a – it's going to be a digital streaming service. Mm-hmm. But they need to somehow figure out and include in this, um, their digital comic backlog as well as part of this service.
0: Is that going to be part of the same thing?
1: No, it's not. They haven't, or if it is, they haven't announced it. But you need to get that as part of this as well. When you're advertising this as the start of something cool or the ultimate DC membership is coming. Um, you know, that's what their press releases all say in regards to this. That it's the ultimate DC membership. You need okay. to have more than, like, you need to be a one stop shop for all that content. Instead of I, having movies here and TV shows here and original content here and the comics over there and another thing over there, whatever it is. It's Warner Brothers. You should have some sort of control over a good chunk of this. The more you put under one umbrella, the easier it is to get more people involved and in looking at your stuff.
0: I agree. I have a feeling, though. I'm not saying your movies, but I think your, all your superhero-related stuff is eventually going to go over there. Your Flash, your Legends of Tomorrow's, Right, sure. Um, you're you're going to have your Super Friends. You're going to have all that. But I think they'll always keep... The comics digitally and the TV shows separate. I, I
1: personally think, think that's a mistake.
0: <laughs> whether it's a mistake or not, I'm not a businessman. I I, I don't know. I'm not. I play one on on, on this podcast, so mm-hmm. um, I don't know. But I could see them going. We're going to keep our digital comics to themselves and do like a Marvel. What's that called? Marvel Unlimited, right? And then do a uh the the tv show slash movie streaming service are going to be two separate things and i have a feeling marvel will do the same thing two different departments
1: well i know marvel's going to do the two different things because they already have it set up that way right dc has nothing
0: so they're they i don't know so i think
1: if you have nothing let's get everything together don't you know what i mean it's not like like well we got to move this piece over here now well no that piece doesn't exist
0: mm-hmm.
1: create that piece as part of this piece
0: well if you are building from scratch I guess right. that that would like, work
1: if you're watching the Harley Quinn animated series and you're like need more Harley Quinn here's a whole bunch of Harley Quinn comic books that you could read as part of your subscription fair hey, enough are you reading the Harley Quinn comic books hey did you know we have an animated series about this very character that you're reading. Why don't you watch it?
0: Right. I guess, I know, but it's not like when we talk about preaching to the choir in ads in comics. We already know that we have both of these.
1: You and I already know.
0: I don't know. I think people know that there's a Harley Quinn comic book.
1: You'd be surprised.
0: They won't read it. But they know it's
1: there. Right. But if I'm paying for your digital streaming service because I I really like that Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad movie and I'm watching this this cartoon and I need more. Right. Oh, I have to go to a different service or I have to leave my house and go to a, you know, get physical media. If I got this because of that cartoon and I then binge watch that entire cartoon, I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? Pop pop pop! Here's more Harley Quinn stuff for you to read.
0: Yes, but Joe, you know what the you know what the big the big empty suits will probably say? Hmm. Why give them two for one when we can give them two for two and have them pay twice?
1: Ah, listen. At this point, you're playing. As far as I'm concerned, you're playing ketchup. Anything that you could do to heart to uh, build up your your dwindling fan base when it comes to your non comic book stuff, do whatever you can.
0: I'd rather play mustard. Oh, okay. Pin <laughs> ketchup. Oh.
1: So uh the Swamp Thing stuff. Right. I'm not that excited about the Swamp Thing stuff as well because I actually read the article.
0: What? it's going to be amazing.
1: Be amazing? Because it's it says oh Swamp Thing TV show could be headed to the the DCU universe thing or whatever. It's like no, they have an option to do a pilot. Uh, that James Wan, who did, like, the Conjuring films, is involved with. Mm-hmm. But when you look, it's like he's an executive producer or something like that. Like, he's ten, he's as involved with this as James Cameron was with uh, Terminator Jin I have
0: a feeling he's just as involved as the Russo brothers are going to be with the Quantum and Woody show.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's like they have a script for pilot with an option to pick up. So, like, and- they're nowhere with this. They, they
0: are nowhere, but I'll guarantee if they're st- – they need they need content, and unless it's god-awful, mm. this is going to be a thing. They don't want to just start their digital service with like, hey, why don't you pay me, you know, X amount a month, and we have possibly four things for you? You know, I guess that's why you need that past content, but I'm telling you that you need as much new as you can get right out of the gate. We'll keep our eye on it.
1: Right. Uh, so just as our follow-up news items from previous episodes ago, uh, we had discussed uh, last week when we talked about uh, we're two issues away from Kill or Be Killed ending,
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: were postulating as to what Ed Brubaker would be doing next. Well, he has a original graphic novel coming out uh, this fall. That's called My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies.
0: Great Great title.
1: title. Which is a great title. Uh, Again, not a miniseries, not being published through Image or anything else like that. Um, The Snoops and Sneaks and Spies Online uh, found a listing for it on the old Amazon click-throughs. So, uh, you know, it's scheduled to be coming out sometime in October... So that's, at the very least, the the next thing that uh, Ed Brubaker has on his uh, schedule.
0: I wonder if we'll pick it up.
1: I absolutely will. No, it does say, you know, it actually is, it does say that it's through image, but it's so far in advance, I guess it's, like, not in the image solicitaciones.
0: Right, why would it? be? Because that's a, well, they usually only go two months out for image.
1: Right. And uh, one other follow-up from a few weeks ago. Um, we did a couple stories, I think a week or two ago, in regards to some conventions that were scheduled and then didn't happen. One particularly was called the Universal Fan Con that was supposed to be happening in Baltimore. It was a uh, convention that was funded through Kickstarter. Uh, Will the two folks uh, who were uh, the co-founders of this did an interview with a uh, New York magazine kind of discussing where it all fell apart. And um, it looks as though I think as Todd had postulated before that these were people with good intentions, just not very good at handling their money.
0: Terrible business people.
1: Right. Um
0: I, I think it's fans who wanted to make a Comic-Con, and that's not that's sometimes never a good idea.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And they didn't realize how in the hole they were until they started getting their hotel reservations canceled. And a lot of people have kind of pointed out uh, some of these the spacious math that they had in the interview uh, that allegedly they may not have been honest with where all that money was going to because they claim... Uh, that part of what they lost was like $67,000 in legal fees and office expenses and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I think these folks, if they attempt to do something like this, I-, I certainly hope with them attempting to come out to tell their story and people out there kind of pointing um, out some of the flaws will not deter people from supporting other Crowdfunded conventions and things of this nature, and maybe just kind of check to see if these two folks' names come up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do just want to mention this one poll quote uh, from the article. One of the two uh, folks who are trying to do this. Um, when they asked that they had large social media followings, and I think prior to the hotel reservations being canceled, they had only actually sold outside of like the, the, the Kickstarter stuff, 170 tickets to the convention. Oh boy. Uh, they, the, one of the founders said, quote, I should have known better. I let my belief in this non-existent community blind me. And I'm just going to close out the segment with that. And move on to a fun story that I heard the other day um, about, uh, there's a lot of Kickstarters out there, Todd, and I try to get away from them. I was in a period of time where I was getting a lot of Kickstarters and stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, the decision was just made, I'm like, okay, I need to kind of dial this back where there's much larger Kickstarter communities out there Um, in regards to getting, horror movies and other like cult movies from the 80s kind of remastered and repurposed and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one uh, where it was a really low rent early 80s horror movie where the the distribu the original distributors of the film said as part of the Kickstarter we're going to do a sequel and we're going to do a blu-ray remaster of the original movie. They met their goal. The people who got the Blu-ray remaster was a VHS transfer onto a Blu-ray. And the people who collected the money for the uh, Kickstarter, allegedly, and again I say allegedly, used the money to open up a barbecue restaurant in Florida.
0: Was it a horror barbecue
1: restaurant? No, it was not, Todd.
0: And just so you know, you gotta have barbecue, because you don't win friends with
1: salad, Joe. That's right. And I go back to Russia.
0: <laughs> but... But I didn't, I didn't really do a lot of kickstarters either. The only kickstarters I ever really did were for comic creators who I was very interested in, um, in the story they were going to tell, or if I would kickstart anything if it had a uh, an expensive version where I could get art, and I was like, I will I will kickstart that. <laughs>
1: I think I I think it was for me it was like creators that I really liked. I know there was like an Ed Brubaker one that I did, a couple of the Jimmy Palmiotti ones. I did uh, I, know we, I, I know I did the Gail Simone um Jim Calafiore one for uh Leaving Megalopolis.
0: I did that one and I got the Jim and Calafiore uh Deadshot sketch. Yeah. And then I did the Dan Brereton Nocturnals original hardcover. Right. Sequel and I got a piece of painted art for that too. So I'm like, if you're a creator that I like and you have a project coming and you do a tier where I can get, you know, an original sketch. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's going to, that's going to spin me real quick. The only one that, that breaks my heart that I didn't do as I didn't have the cash at the time mm-hmm. was, uh, uh, Diodato was doing a art book at one point. He was doing like the art of, uh, Diodato. And he had one of the tiers was he did five of them. They were, uh, full-blown commissions and it was not as expensive as you you would think Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god if i had seen that and i had the cash i would right now have a diodato piece like an 11 by 17 full-blown uh commission but i missed my calling
1: so the one last bit I want to mention before we close out, the news here about Kickstarter. We mentioned it a couple weeks ago, of course, with the IDW Jim Cornette Real Pro Wrestling <laughs> Stories graphic novel Kickstarter. It has a week left to go. Uh their goal was 25,000. Uh they're currently at 53,000. Uh I'll probably just, you know, I I'll, I'll figure out what I'm going to get. You know, they have a bunch of their stretch goals. It's like uh, eight extra pages, uh, special uh, UV ink cover, whatever it is, uh, an extra eight pages on top of that. Now, the current stretch goal, Todd, uh, like I said before, they're at, mm-hmm. what, did, what did I say? They're currently at, uh, and usually a lot of times these things will like jump up real high at the last day. Uh, but again, currently at 53,000. Uh, their next stretch goal is at 57,500 which is going to be an additional four pages added to the book. This could include interviews, a making of, or a story about a raccoon. A uh, rocket raccoon? I don't know. I've I've heard a lot of Jim Cornette stories, and I don't recall one about a raccoon. Uh,
0: they were going to put the raccoon on me, but I got away. Look, I had that handcuff key. <laughs> You always carry handcuff key.
1: I can't believe I'm doing a clarinet impersonation too now. Again, yours is like six people removed, so I love yours even more. I'm just
0: pretty much doing Mickey Mouse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so conventions this weekend, Todd. There's a bunch of conventions going on. Business is picking back up. Everyone after everyone kind of took the week off for Free Comic Book Day. Uh there's the Potha Con in Athens, Ohio. The Toronto Comics Art Festival in Toronto, Canada. There's the Savannah Mega Comic Book Con, uh which did not have a lot of name creators at least that I recognize, but Jake the Snake Roberts was going to be there, Todd.
0: Oh no, not Jake the Snake.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a, a casino in that bag as well with something else <sighs> in there.
0: Is he at the casino?
1: Uh, I don't think Is that, so. I was going to say. He doesn't want to play 21.
0: Oh, no, uh, because he's got 22. Uh,
1: there's the Tidewater Comic Con in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, some of the comic book folks that are going to be there are Peter David, Mike Zeck, Rags Morales. Uh, and also, uh, interesting to you, Todd, I don't know if he'll be bringing his wig with him, but Matt Ryan will be there as well.
0: I hope he brings his wig. You know what? Uh, Gary probably has it. Oh, Gary
1: has the wig. That's right.
0: <laughs> he's a, he's the wig keeper.
1: Yeah. Tales from the Wigs, starring the wig keeper. There's the Fantasia Comic Con in Indio, California. Scott Lobdell, uh, classic 90s comic book personality, and Kevin Eastman are going to be there.
0: Turtles, half of the turtles created mm-hmm. right there.
1: Larry don't do much these days, huh?
0: Uh, no, I don't, I, I read his blog for a little bit. Once he sold it to Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. he was, he was out like a Boy
1: Scout, man. He's like out of there. They're just scouts now, Todd. Oh,
0: they're just scouts. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, but the big one I would say this weekend, uh, is the Ottawa Comic Book Convention, also in Canada. Home uh, of the Betrayal. Right, home of the infamous <laughs> Ottawa Betrayal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Shooter and Neil Adams are going to be there on the comic book side of things. Right. On the entertainment guests side of things, uh, Trish Stratus, World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Famer, is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Boxleitner. Ooh. We're going to the big guns there. Uh, Doug Jones.
0: Who's Doug Jones?
1: He was uh, the fish man in uh, The Shape of Water, amongst other uh, Guillermo del Toro films.
0: The shape of water is whatever you put it in.
1: Mm-hmm. A Spoiler graduated alert. cylinder. Right. Let's. T- I, I remind Todd. Write down water displacement later. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> right. Can't wait to discuss that. Well, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Matt Smith is going to be there. I don't know what he's ever done. Very generic sounding name to me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not a name that pops like Jason Momoa! <laughs> See, because he when he's his Aquaman looks like Roman Reigns. Anyway, Yes, it does. And Brent Spiner is going to be there, Todd. Uh, Bob Wheeler. Famous mm-hmm. for Bob Wheeler from Night Court. Right, and nothing else. That's right.
0: <laughs> it, uh, it's season two of Outcast. Did you know
1: there was a season two of Outcast? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I heard it happened, and it's going to happen again.
0: Wibbly wobbly timey wimey.
1: I think that's the only time that really works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, uh, so all of those conventions and more will be over in the show links, of course, as part of the post for this episode, along with the links to the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-named network.com, soon-to-be-named network.tumblr.com, where anytime this show, Longbox Heroes... Other show that we do, Longbox Years After Dark, Podvocacy, Everlasting Minute, Profane Argument, Puzzle Warriors, any other shows in our little umbrella of like-minded individuals. Anytime their show goes out, it'll be up on the site, or if they appear in another show somewhere else, I'll make sure to put it up on the site so you could keep up with all of your favorite personalities from the soon-to-be-named network, Network. Digital sales and freebies, Todd. hmm There's a ton. Oh, boy. A uh, bunch left over from the last couple weeks. Uh, the Boom Box sale, Boom Studios, kind of like their uh, All Ages stuff is still on sale. Valiant Spotlight sale. Dynamite sale on Red Sonya stuff. Uh, the Image Hits sale, as they call it. Uh, Marvel sales on Avengers and a separate sale on Infinity-related events. Those two sales are still going on as of this recording. They've also added a sale in regards to Silver Age stuff, did Marvel and their Universe stuff, which is kind of like their all-ages books. And uh, I suggest them uh, give those a peek because that... um, I'm almost certain, and again, let me double-check, that Spidey book that was out before is in there. Uh, oh, yes, the Lockjaw stuff. The Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers stuff is in that sale. Mm-hmm. And that's fun, lighthearted reading for the kids. And a lot of the Marvel Adventures stuff, which was reprints of kind of like retellings of old stories, like the 60s and 70s Marvel stories, kind of like with a uh, some cleaned up art, if you will. Yes. Just trying to see if there was anything else that was in there. Like, said the Lockdown, the Pet Avengers. I was hoping, and they're not in there, The um, that Captain America and the Thor books that were done by uh, uh, Rod, uh, Roger Langridge. Mm-hmm. Kind of like those all-ages-y sort of things. Unfortunately, those are not included in this sale.
0: Maybe next time.
1: Maybe next time. There's enough sales going on over at Marvel. Over at DC, they're doing a sale on Scott Snyder related stuff. uh, Because he's got the uh, Big Justice League weekly series that comes out this week. Um... (laughs) So I just want to remark here as I'm going through my notes and everything, I clicked on the link right on the front page for the Scott Snyder sale. Right. And it said, whoops, this page cannot be found. This sale ended on May 14th.
0: Wow. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey.
1: I guess so. So uh, today's May 9th as of uh, this episode coming out. So I, I guess that sale's over five days from now. But the link doesn't work. Uh, but I will recommend you, the listener, to go to the Dark Horse, what they're calling the Kint and Ruben sale. I don't really know why they're calling it the Kint and Rubin sale. I don't know who Rubin is, but there is a bunch of Matt Kint stuff in there. But most importantly, the first 12 issues, uh, the uh, Jeff Lemire Blackhammer stuff is in there as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good book. I highly recommend it. And you can get the whole run at a dollar apiece. Not a bad price. Digital sales and freebies have not changed uh, since last week when we had discussed those. However d c did add two new ones that I wish I knew about as we were recording the show last week. Um, ooh, you know what I just I'm eating my words because I checked earlier today and Marvel had not changed them, but as of the recording of the show, they have changed them. So bear with me just a second. The Marvel freebies are the first issue of the Infinite Gauntlet. Deadpool book, which was a digital-exclusive book from about three years ago. The first issue of another Deadpool Infinite comic book called Too Soon. Uh, The first issue of Cable and the X-Force, written by Dennis Hopeless. And the first issue of the Black Panther stuff, written by Tanisha Coates. so those are your actual new freebies from Marvel. The two new freebies that DC put out was their free comic book day offering of the new DC Girls comic, and a book that we're going to talk about here in just a second, which is DC uh, Nation Number Zero. It was a quarter <laughs> issue if you got it in print, and a lot of times uh, Comicsology, when those books come out and they're super cheap like that, they'll just put them up for free. It's not right. worth them to do the digital transaction for a quarter, so they're for free. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week.
0: That's right. Um, And I'll go first because you're tired from mumbling. Um, (laughs) But first, let me ask you four questions, Joe.
1: Uh Uh-oh, four.
0: That's right. What's Dennis's sister's name on It's Always Sunny? D. What's yes in Spanish? C. That's right. What sound does a horse make? Nay. And what what is it called when you turn your back on someone? Shun. That's right. We're talking about DC Nation Zero. My pick uh, for what I was ho- looking forward to most. And um, basically it's just a sampler of what's coming up in the next couple weeks of the DC books. We had a Batman story by Tom King and Clayman, who sounds like an actual Batman villain, Clayman. Um we had Superman by Brian Michael Bendis and Jose Lu- Lu- Luis Garcia Lopez came out of retirement to do this one uh, story. And The Justice League by Snyder, Tinian, uh, Josh Williams, uh, art by Jorge Jimenez. Um, and of the stories, my favorite, shockingly enough, was the Batman uh, Your Big Day, which was a Joker waiting for his invitation to Batman's wedding. And it is as creepy as you can imagine, as he breaks into someone's house and says, I'm waiting for the invitation because I hear the bat's getting married. And the guy's like, well, why would he send it here? He's like, because he has to send it somewhere and I'm here. So this is obviously the place. And it pretty much goes as well as expected. I do like the ending that uh the way the Joker gets his invitation, to the bat wedding. Um, I think this is going to be a great story. Hopefully they'll reprint it in the uh, collections when they do, uh, the bat wedding storyline. Um, I really enjoyed the Superman story too. Uh, it was a nice throwback to Clark working at the, the, uh, the daily planet. We get to see him, uh, interacting with uh perry white who i love this is like old school perry white he even has the vest and the, the skinny tie on which i absolutely adore and we find out a few things that things aren't quite right with lois lane at the daily planet she doesn't work there anymore we're not sure why nobody even wants to mention it and maybe there's something up with him her and Clark Kent's relationship, we're not 100% sure, all the while we're introduced to a new character who is like, with Lois Lane gone, it's my chance to become the big wig at the Daily Planet, so uh, I really like this, as as it keeps going, we get a feel for where Brian Michael Bendis is is going, and the last story is the Justice League story, with the, the basically the Scott Snyder-fueled Justice League story, which... Showed all the, the the teams that are coming, and this was my least favorite of the story, and it probably, reading this sampler, um, made me go, you know what, I'm going to get the the Superman books, the two of them, I'm going to get the Batman books, the Catwoman book that's spinning out of it, but I'm probably going to pass on the Justice League books because of this, and uh, not give them you know, a chance after this.
1: I went into the J- Justice League stuff with an f- open mind. Um, because I didn't like the way that Metal wrapped up, and Mm -hmm. this sampler, just like you said, didn't work for me to get me to read, um, the No Justice, uh, weekly series for this month, or the new books that are spinning out over the next several months of the Justice League stuff.
0: It felt very busy.
1: Yes. Um, obviously that's why everything's getting split up into three separate books, and after not getting Justice League stuff for as long as I have been, dipping my toe back into that side of things with metal, and now having to get a weekly series plus three books over the summer, I'm okay. I'm sticking with what I'm getting. I'm already adding Superman back into the mix, and this continued. Um You know, we had discussed uh, from the Bendis interviews that he had talked about how the action book was going to be more of the... um you know, The Superman book was going to be more of the in-your-face, the superhero-y stuff, whereas the action book was going to be more of what we saw in the sampler, which was the Daily Planet stuff, the Lois stuff, the Clark stuff, the Perry White stuff. So we got a little taste of it in the Action Comics number 1,000. We get a little taste of it here in the DC Nation number 0. And I think putting these things together uh, really did very well for what I hope Bendis is going to bring in the future of Superman at DC.
0: Right. Did you enjoy the Batman story?
1: Love the Batman story. Um, Mm -hmm. Every writer that comes on to the Bat books always has, like, their little bit of a twist or their little bit of a take or their little bit of a nuance on what the Joker is going to be in. Tom King has been writing, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, he's been writing Batman almost now for two years. We're coming up on issue 50. He's done a lot of big sweeping story arcs and this now, finally, after almost two years, is going to be the first time that he's even touching on the Joker. Which I think seems to be, like, everyone's kind of sort of mandate, and has been for some time, that when you come on to Batman, your Joker story doesn't get to be your first story.
0: It doesn't, but I don't think it's the first time you're forgetting about the War of Jokes and Riddles.
1: That was, uh, oh, that's right, but that was...
0: No, I'm sorry. The way you phrased that to me, you're like, oh, this is the first time he's touching on the Joker. I'm like, no, he was a big part of that Jokes and Riddles story.
1: Okay, but that was – I get what you're saying. To me, while that was the War of Jokes and Riddles, that was more of a Batman Catwoman story.
0: A Riddler story. A Riddler
1: story, a Kite Man story, a Joker story
0: fair enough but i'm not trying to be that guy who nitpicks things oh. and you, as as like some people on the show where you're like <laughs> this is the first time he's touching on the character and i'm like no like you know what i mean i just the the way it was expressed i had to go like no wait okay i don't know what he's talking about okay so that's all that's, that's i've all clarified
1: myself i feel
0: Fair enough, but okay. you can understand how I could go yes. No, that's completely false information uh-huh. the way you're stating it. That's it. No war here. No no war of Joe
1: and Todd here. Oh boy. I did like the way that Clayman drew the Joker. Yes. Drew him very scary, which I liked.
0: Yep, there's nothing better than Joker. There's nothing creepier than Joker peering through a mail slot. Mm.
1: And, uh, yeah, I just, like, I like the resolution of that as well. Uh, you know, I was already on board for whatever Tom King had in store for Batman stuff, and this is just continuing on that path. Right. Moving over to Avengers number one. Written by Jason uh, Jason Aaron. I almost said Jason Todd. Jason Aaron and Ed <laughs> McGuinness on art. Uh, this is an assembling the team issue. This is tying into the Marvel Legacy book that Jason Aaron wrote that Avengers BC, like 1 million BC story all the way back in, what was it, September, I think? I think so. Uh, so there's teases there of their, uh, the original Avengers, pronouns pal, battle with the Celestials, and how those folks... Uh, those iterations because you get a Hulk and you've got a Thor and you've got a this and you've got a that on that original BC team taking on the Celestials and all of those folks all have analogs here in current day and there's just Celestial and there's stuff going on with the Celestials here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this book a lot. I haven't read an Avengers book, uh, main team Avengers book in quite some time. And I'll pretty much read anything with Jason Aaron's name on it. I've always been a fan of Ed McGuinness's art. And Avengers are hot and have been hot for a while, and they really could have put anyone on this. And this, I don't want to say that it was, but in the kind of scale of this, it kind of felt like an Ultimates type of book. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense, we're like, here are big things happening right and we're getting like we're getting into big things in issue 1 like yes there's stuff with the team building of course but everyone who's featured on the cover of this book has a little bit more than something to do in this issue okay it's not one of those it's not one of these like this is part one of a six part issue and see this team right here you'll see She-Hulk in issue 3 you'll see Black Panther in issue 4 and then you'll see everybody together at the end of issue 5 right but I really like I, this. I have, I right. have I, I, like I have little nitpicks about it, but nothing major. But go ahead. What, what were your thoughts on this?
0: Right. And one of the things where you said it felt like an Ultimates book, where that was uh, Mark Millar, right, yeah. who did Ultimates. Um, there's a thing that we always discussed at the shop that uh, a Mark Millar story had themes, and one of them always was like, you know, a bunch of heroes get together, and then giant things fall from the sky. honest to god you look at ultimates one it's it's that ultimates two is is kind of like the same way you go back to his authority books he kind of had a he kind of had a system of doing this stuff and that's what what this feels like i enjoyed this book i didn't love love this book Mm -hmm. i felt like it was a, a starter issue and it felt good big things were happening my favorite part of the book was uh the the big three tony uh, Steve and Thor getting together and discussing like how terrible their lives have been, like how they've been through the ringer and basically going like, you know, and it's really has been the stuff like unworthy Thor, um, Hydra cap, you know, uh, Iron Man, you know, in a coma. And they're like, we got to bring it back to basics. And, and I like that kind of stuff. I want to see where it goes. Um, but I, w- I felt like there was a lot of pieces here, Um, and I trust Jason Aaron. I just felt like he hit the ground running, and I kind of want to see like more nuance to the book. But I I can see they need a bang to start it off, and I'm I'm all for it. Uh, I've never been a huge McGinnis guy. As a matter of fact, I hate, I disliked McGinnis back when he was doing like his Batman Superman book uh, the, at DC at the time. But then when he did, I'm trying to remember what it was, but did he do with Jason Aaron? The, uh, the, the X-Men book that he did with, uh, for a little bit. There's like five issues. He might've did. Oh boy. Were they and They got nightcrawler from the dead.
1: Yes. The amazing X-Men book.
0: Right. He did the amazing, that's where his art turned. And I started to like it. And I like this, this, uh, take on it too. Um, I want to see more of the, 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 like the, the 1 million BC Avengers. Basically, all the pieces are there and I have no idea how they connect. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's just, I feel like it was a little mismatched, but one of, it's like, St- uh, Brubaker or anybody else. Jason Aaron's going to get me there and I'm willing to, to, to go for that ride.
1: My only little nitpicks about it is, of course, you, you mentioned the big three, you mentioned Cap, you mentioned Tony, you mentioned Thor. Um, we still got one more issue of Tony's story left to figure out how he gets to this point, which isn't out yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've got one more issue left, because the, la- the most recent issue of Thor that's out, Thor is still missing an arm.
0: Right, and he doesn't have a hammer either, right? And he
1: doesn't have a hammer. The issue where he gets his arm and his 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 arm and his hammer comes out in two weeks.
0: Sponsored by Arm and Hammer.
1: Sponsored by actor Armie Hammer, who played Lone mm-hmm. Ranger in that great Lone Ranger movie. That's right. Um, but, yeah, so it's just one of those things where, like, there's no explanation. Like, if you were reading Thor um, and the last Thor book you read, he didn't have an arm. Or if you're not reading Thor and you open this book and why does Thor have a golden arm? There's no explanation given other than, like, yeah, it's been a rough two years, guys.
0: Right, but in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. it's not like they also gave away how all of it happened right. in this that's, issue. And, and that's why I'm
1: not upset about it. Because it's just one of those scheduling things. It was more or less, it was like, hey, we just came off. I'm sure when this book was originally scheduled, Avengers Infinity War was still supposed to come out on its original date, which was the day before free comic book day. You get that hot press from the movie. It's free comic book day. There's a brand new Avengers number one in stores.
0: Right. And Iron Man Bendis got sick. And then, honestly, with the Thor thing, I really don't even care because it was like they were teasing Thor with the gold arm and the new hammer two months ago. So it's like, oh, I saw that on the cover of previews. I know it's coming. It's here. They don't ruin it from the Thor that I'm reading. It's all good for me.
1: Right. Now, the last book that we're going to discuss is a book that Todd had brought up to me, so I'll let you take point on this. And that was Red Sonja Tarzan, number one, uh, written by Gail Simone. With, uh, interior art by Walter Giovanni. Mm
0: hmm. Um, basically, this is the story of, uh, it, two stories Tarzan's story and Red Sonya, Red Sonya in the past, basically going to see a witch, saying that, uh, she was bested by these three people. Um, who uh, she didn't care for the way the, the taste that it left in her mouth she wants to destroy them so she goes to ask this witch for help uh, we find out that these are the three people who are trying to in the future in the that are trying to take Tarzan's friends land from them and they end up doing some like horrible, horrible things. They, like they hunt and they mistreat animals, which is a big no, no in Tarzan's mind. And we end up finding out how, uh, you know, Tarzan's and red Sonia's uh, stories are going to intertwine. It's interesting. I want to read more because they don't give us all the answers in it, but I forgot how much I missed Gail Simone's red Sonia. And if Gail Simone wanted to do a Tarzan book, I'm all for that, too. And the thing that I love about uh, Gail Simone is she knows how to make villains like in page one, see, like panel two, panel three. You're like, alright, this is the villain. I hate this villain. This villain is way too cool. Bring on the rest of the story. <laughs> and, uh, do, do you know what I mean? Like, There's no doubting who the villain of this story is and how bad uh, they are. And I loved it. And I, it makes me go, you know what? I forgot how much I truly loved Gail Simone stuff. And here we are. Like, I did, I like Domino. um, but Red, like, going back to her Red Sonya run, like, just fills me with, uh, fond memories.
1: I'm, I agree. Mm-hmm. And obviously the villain, uh, Isan Duel. I'm not really sure mm-hmm. how you pronounce that last name. D-U-U-L. That's out of my, mm-hmm. uh, pay grade to figure out how to pronounce that.
0: I'm going to say Duel.
1: Duel. So obviously, as you mentioned, the story is him dealing with Red Sonia in her time and him dealing with Tarzan in more current times. Obviously, this, I, this villain, while a great villain, a really good job of establishing how evil he is, not only by his actions, but also by the way that his cronies and flunkies and even his, I guess, wife, girlfriend, significant other, whatever it is, talks about him, it felt as though this is Gale doing a Vandal Savage story, which I got no problem with.
0: Right, this is the story she probably had left over from a secret sex story. Mm -hmm.
1: My only concern is, I have, like, you know, I have no attachment to Tarzan. Mm -hmm. She did a really good job of making me care about Tarzan. Right. Uh, But yeah, like I said, she, I I have, other than the Bo Derek movie, I have no attachment (laughs) whatsoever to Tarzan. And now I kind of care about Tarzan. Right.
0: When uh, Christopher Lambert played him in Greystoke Legend of Tarzan. (laughs) The Highlander meets Tarzan.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Mm -hmm. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them shipped to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned and be forearmed, know what's coming out, uh, so that, uh, you're prepared, have enough bags and backs, whatever it is that you do with your comics. If you put them into a cool, wet sack, you know, be have enough of those ready for yourself as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, two of the things that Todd and I are doing in the calendar year 2018 is, one, as always, attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I am still in the lead with one correct guess over Todd. The other is keeping that runny, running tally of how much money we have spent on comic books, and uh, I'm still waiting for that yell from Todd to let me know when we could stop doing that.
0: Um, I think it's going to happen now. Oh but yeah yeah we could if you think it's it's not it's not worth it because it pretty much we see who's gonna win that's up to you mm-hmm. and we could just stick with the picking you know what I mean
1: uh we'll see all right all right so uh I went first, I'm looking at Todd's list of books that are coming out this week, and I'm gonna say the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Southern Bastards number 20.
0: It is not that book. Mm. The book I am...
1: I was going to say, my second guest is Barrier number one.
0: It is not Barrier
1: number one. Oh, my goodness.
0: Of all the things, and it's funny because I never really talked about it other than uh, once, is I want to see how Batman White Knight 8 ends, if it ends strong, because this is the book that I wish I talked about more, because each issue... Built on the last one and got better and better and better. And at that point, once I was six issues in and realized how good the book was, it was kind of hard to acknowledge like, oh, people go back and read this. The, the, the early issues creating the, the Neo Joker and or the, the alternate Harley Quinn called the Neo Joker just, just, they went through the roof. Like those books are worth cash now. Um, and I want to see if this ends strong to see if, uh, I'm going to look forward to Batman, whatever the next one is going to be called.
1: I forgot that that was an eight issue miniseries. Mm hmm. So That's I That's no up, problem. So we're tied up, uh, with correct guesses. I want to mention Barrier. Right. You would ask me about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, that book kind of slipped through the cracks on me. Okay. I completely forgot that that was a book that was coming out.
0: It came out. One came out actually from a, it slipped through the cracks on me, but I pick my books up weekly. Uh Uh-huh. So I noticed I looked down on the table and it said, Brian K. Vaughn barrier number one. And I was like, what is this? I'm going to pick this up. And then I found out it was on free comic book day. They had issue one for free. And next to it, which I thought was an alternate cover, was issue two. So they come out together in one day. Are you probably going to pick it up now? I
1: probably will be picking it up now.
0: Okay. But uh, I'm looking over your list. Is it my turn to pick? It is. I'm going to say because you are a Donny Cates fan that it's going to be Venom number one. It's not. It's not. It's not. What is it? Domino number 2, Southern Bastards? Southern
1: Bastards number 20. Oh, wow. Uh the alleged end of the story. Now is I on- I only say alleged end because you know obviously we discussed previously how uh did Velvet really end because the way that it said, you know, it was pointed out to us by Long-time power listener of the show, uh, Dave Puente had mentioned, like, no, it very clearly was the end of the story. And then you fired back with the solicitation text. It's like, nope, this is the end of this story, not the story. Right. Whereas not- Southern Southern Bastard says, um, bring you know Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, bring the fourth chapter, the fourth chapter to a stunning and brutal conclusion. So it's obviously the end of this story arc. Mm -hmm. There ain't no more issues solicited after this.
0: Okay, so now, now I just want to say, if there was written, and first of all, I knew none of this, if it it said final issue ever, Mm -hmm. this would have been my pick of the week. You know what I mean? Right. If if I had known that. But somehow, I have to wait to see and read this book. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, to see how it turns out, like, if we're gonna get any more. I, I, just because they haven't solicited any new issues, that doesn't mean anything, cause how, what was the gap between this Southern Bastards and the last one? And if that isn't oh, at least two months, what was the one before that? You know what I mean?
1: Right, there was a, there was a period of time where there was very large gaps in between issues. I think it went from, uh, uh, it was in between issues 16 and 17, where it was eight months,
0: Right, so. And then that's...
1: between, uh, issues 18 and 19 was, um, five months. And then between issue 19 and 20 here was four months. Now, again, it don't mean nothing,
0: mm-hmm. but it's
1: definitely the, it's the very least the end of this current story arc. Right. So that's, that would be enough okay. for it to be my pick of the week. I get where you're coming from that if you knew that this was the end, end, Mm-hmm. we don't know if it's the end end
0: <laughs> could be velvet could be meat you don't know
1: could be ve- did you say it could be velvet or it could be meat
0: yes it's a line well it's 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 a weird take on a line from a. Uh, uh, look who's talking, oh. where, where there's a scene where they're imagining in the future and John Travolta is like a bum who really doesn't have a job and everything. And he's like, Hey kids, look, it's a can, it's- I got these cans at the, at the store discount cause they ain't got no labels on them. Could be meat, could be peaches. <laughs> it's like, so anytime someone does it, I'll go like, could be that thing, could be, pe- could be meat or could be peaches. Do you know what I mean? I know you're a big fan of those Look Who's Talking movies.
1: Okay. It's not the end of uh, Southern Bastards.
0: Oh my god, you're killing me.
1: It's just the end of this current story arc. There's just like the little thing at the end of uh, this issue where it just says, uh, Hey y'all, we're far from finished. Here's what's (laughs) coming up. June is the trade for this story arc. Fall is the hardcover, which covers the second, uh, you know, the second half of the book. It has uh, Latour and Jason Aaron's comic book appearances that are coming up. And then it says, coming soon, issue 21.
0: And by soon, they mean (laughs) Scarlet soon.
1: (laughs) Or it could be Image United soon.
0: Could be the end of some of uh, Kevin Smith's work. Oh, boy. Never.
1: All right, so I thought you were going to get me on that one. So the the numbers stay the same, Todd.
0: I thought you were going to get me, too. Yeah. I actually... I uh, But either way.
1: While you're over at LongBoxHeroes.com, be sure to check out everything that Todd and I have ever done on the Internet, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. As I mentioned, everything that Todd and I have ever done... Uh, Exists over there at longboxheroes.com, as does our little button for the store, where you could purchase shirts and stickers and enamel pins with our fancy logo on them. Yes. Uh, if you don't want a pin or a shirt or a sticker, you could always click on our Amazon click-through across the top of the page. Doesn't cost you a thing extra. Gives us a couple shekels of the back end, the international currency of the internet. Uh, some of the notable purchases through our click-through this past week. Someone purchased a Kino Airfra- Airframe Pro Vent Car Phone Mount. These are one of these people that don't know, know how to text and drive properly, apparently. Ah. Uh, someone also purchased a book entitled The Invention of Murder, colon, How the Victorians Reveled in Death and Destruction and Created Modern Crime. Mm. And a return purchase, someone bought the Angry Mama Microwave Kitchen Cleaner, (laughs) which is like this little silicon thing that you put in your microwave, and it's supposed to do something to get all the the gook and the smell and the nonsense out of your microwave.
0: But that adds flavor to whatever you cook.
1: That's right. I don't even cover stuff when I put it in the microwave.
0: You just let it pop?
1: Yeah. When I put, like, a ham or something... Or a a chicken in the microwave, and I hear it start popping. I go, ooh, it's got another at least three minutes.
0: Put some popcorn in there and let it burn. That's a nice smell.
1: Fill up the house with that burnt popcorn. smell. delicious. (laughs) So thank you very much for everyone who purchased anything through our Amazon Click-Through. It was very helpful, and it makes uh, Todd very happy at the end of the month when that e-check rolls in.
0: Oh, yes, it does.
1: So Todd, did we have any art attacks this week?
0: Did we? Boy howdy, Joe. We had an art attack from Jason Sandberg. He sent in a a piece by himself uh, that he did, which is a work in progress, which is looks like to me a Mr. Fantastic done in the so- style of Joe Sinnott. Um looks very nice. Also, is it broken yet? Is the name of uh the their Twitter handle sent in? a amanda connor joker and harley that they apparently got the vip experience at uh one of the cons at the calgary expo which is now a thing i think we discussed it on the the show before where artists are like hey like here's a i have 20 spots on my thing go to my website uh purchase you know for x amount of dollars you get to hang out get to talk there'll be a commission um other things i've seen like prints and uh, so many signatures on a book, but by far, uh, that is beautiful. I love Amanda Connor. I would love to get something from her. And he got, she got to hang out with uh, Jimmy and Amanda, which is always a pleasure because they are a laugh riot. Um, also, Yakko.org sent in a sketch card that he got of a painting by a local artist, Sam... Seely, Selly? I'm not sure how to say his name. Um, Boba Fett, the guy who got beat by a blind guy. Um, one of my favorite Star Wars characters. He's not one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Aww. But it, it looks, it looks really nice. And, uh, Euronymous. Oh, hang uh, on
1: real quick. I just want to show out there, uh, throw out there Jeremy, uh, kind of partner show. Uh, he did Paladins of Voltron with Jason Kirk. He does the oh. Transmissions podcast, and he's the one who had the interview last week that we plugged with John Barber, editor-in-chief at IDW, about all the relaunch stuff that they're doing with Transformers.
0: Well, there you go.
1: And I'll include the link to uh, that interview in the show notes here as well. Right.
0: Um, And Euronymous super mega contributor, sent in a piece by local artist Gavin Smith. I'm not sure who it's supposed to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Los de DeJabroni?
1: Mm-hmm. Am I close? I'm not correcting the thing that you said, Todd. (laughs) Do you know who that is, actually? Absolutely, I do. Uh, That is uh, New Japan pro wrestler Tetsuo Naito, uh, who is really, really awesome. And I think that if you knew what Naito looked like, I would say that is practically a photograph of him. That is an awesome piece uh, that... uh, Euronymous picked up over free comic book day weekend
0: with a flying championship belt in the background
1: that's a little nod to uh the time when he was the champion and he was one of those dirty heels and oh. he would disrespect the belt by throwing it in the ring instead of wearing it or bringing it out to the ring as he would just come to the ring he would throw it and he would disrespect the belt because that's the sort of person he was
0: a belt disrespecter that's right Uh, And I had an art attack this week, Joe.
1: Oh, save the best for last, huh?
0: Oh, you got it. I only acquire the best for my stuff. I was at the Philadelphia Con after getting Criss Cross, uh, the greater Philadelphia Con, getting my Criss Cross Captain Marvel. I decided to stop over and see Mr. James Obar, creator of The Crow, and I managed to get a Crow sketch in my sketchbook. And I just would like to say, He crushed it. He crushed the crow, and it was amazing. Um, I don't think he wanted to draw the crow, um, which is a great story because he's going through. He's like, "Hey, like, nice sketchbook. Mind if I look through it?" And I'm like, "No, go right ahead, because there's some nice stuff in it." And you gotta like when an artist is like, "Oh, I gotta step up my game because you have some nice stuff in here." And he's like, "Oh, that's a nice piece, Jonah Hex. That's a nice piece, nice piece, nice piece, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex." And he's like, hmm, so what did you want? A crow? Maybe you want a Jonah Hex. <laughs> I'm like, hey, everybody likes dune buggies. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, I do like Jonah Hex, and I imagine you would crush a Jonah Hex, and you really want to draw Jonah Hex, and you're tired of drawing the crow. But if I'm paying for a James O'Barr sketch, I'm getting the crow. <laughs> but he was a really nice guy. If
1: he's a really you want nice give me a Jonah Hex for free...
0: Feel free. Um, but he was talking a little bit about the crow movie, what he could talk about. He was the upcoming uh, reboot, remake, or whatever you want to talk Uh about. Um, and he was like, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be, you know, we're not going to disrespect anything that happened with, you know, uh, Brandon Lee, but this is going to be a new take on it. And, um, the only thing I can really tell you is that, uh, Jason Momoa lost 40 pounds for the role. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna be like a stick. It's gonna be fantastic. He's not gonna look like uh, Roman Reigns no more.
1: Da-da, da-da.
0: <sighs> so I'm looking forward to seeing a, a new Crow movie. Cool,
1: cool, cool, cool. I didn't even know Jason Momoa was in that. I figured he was all tied up with uh, DC nonsense.
0: Well, you gotta pick your, you gotta pick your comic book spots. Joe, did you know comic book movies are are played out and very uh, unoriginal? I
1: that's what i, don't I heard know why, at, the, at the beginning of this very show i don't know why momoa is hooking his wagon to that horse oh that dying brand anyway is there anything else that we need to cover before we get into tv talk
0: no i think you should give an adequate amount of time that we're going to be doing spoiler talk because so you normally don't you just like to rush right into it
1: right so here's my little uh prelude to spoiler talk Hey, the Cobra Kai series that's on the YouTube Red is really Mm -hmm. good. You should check it out. I highly recommend it. Maybe I will.
0: Maybe Maybe. you will.
1: Um, I I was tweeting with people. I'm trying to keep it very spoiler-free, of course, because I don't want to ruin the experience for people. Um, But I will say um, I went in with low expectations, and I really enjoyed the first episode quite a bit. It really set the tone for what the show was going to be and this may upset people. And if it does fooey on you, I say, Uh, but they could have did the lazy route and kind of just did what they did with Fuller house. Even though this reboot was inspired by the success of Fuller house, Mm
0: -hmm. they
1: actually came into it with a good script. And they told, I thought what was a very nuanced And uh, I don't want to say realistic, because, you know, I have some issues with it. It wasn't perfect, but it was 100% enjoyable, and I watched the whole thing in two days.
0: I'm interested, but call me when they do the continuing adventures of Tales of the Golden Monkey, Joe.
1: And when I look up what Tales of the Golden Monkey is, they'll do it. Right, yes. All right, so let's get into what we watched uh, of the other stuff this past week. Uh starting with Krypton. Uh so this is the coup has failed and the voice of Rao is completely infected by Brainiac and is just completely out about it. He's not trying to hide it from those close to him. You know, he's got a whole crew of people that are all brainiaced up. Um Darren is just like, you know, Darren is kind of exposed to be the sniveling coward that we kind of sort of all knew that he was.
0: That I can respect, but mm-hmm. go ahead.
1: And then, of course, you've got Seg is attempting to help Lyta save her mother. Uh, and, of course, there's all the continuing interpersonal relationships here, of course, because uh, Jaina, Lita's mother... Kind of went against everything that she's been built up as over the course of the show. You've still got Zod, uh, General Zod as we know him. You know, their last name is Zod, House Zod, whatever. Uh, and that's her grandson. You've got Adam Strange kind of being pushed to the outside. He's the odd man out in all of this. Uh, what did you, and you know, of course the, the continuing betrayals and, uh, relationship skewing that goes on in this show.
0: I'm this to me was an amazing episode. I think we're, we're in the, like we are in the home stretch, but it keeps building. And now we're seeing like the super team come together, all the houses, like somebody from one of the houses. Uh, and, and I am, I'm enjoying that though. It does lean heavily Zod right now. Um, but the guy who's doing Brainiac and the voice by far the best part, like he screamed super villain, um, him doing like the voice and the look and just the way he's playing with Darren Vex is just like fantastic in a cruel kind of way. And the choices he makes and where he has to, he's like, all right, who are all the, the people who were in on my assassination? Is there anybody else? My daughter. All right. Well, she has to be killed too. Doesn't she? And how that plays out is fantastic. Um, I even love, uh, I I love like the the relationship between Seg and is his name Zed the guy who owns the bar.
1: Uh, what's his name? But either way, Fate that key.
0: Yeah, he he is to me. That's one of those things. Is he like Seg keeps yelling at him, and even though they're friends, I think he's only going to take so much crap. Like, there's a couple moments where he's like, "We're gonna do this," and and he kind of looks at him and jumps. He's like, "Okay, okay." And I think there's gonna be coming a, like a breaking point for him mm-hmm. that are, that that I that I want to see. But like I said, I'm not where I thought all these relationships were going. They didn't, and I like that. It's not like Pat and, and like, oh, this is exact. I know exactly where everything's going. Um, but one of my favorite things was Drunken Adam Strange slash Booster Gold going like, "Hey." I'm not even a big guy on my own planet. I'm this. I'm that. I don't even get a nickname like the big boy scout, big blue, all, all those things. And the, the 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 hologram's like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to get somebody who has a nickname. And basically, they have their little talk, and he kind of like he kind of capes up, you know, the old the phrase that they use. And he's like, I'm going to go f- fix this. I'm not going to run away. And I kind of like. Th- that Adam Strange, even though I just would like to see him in the orange uh, rocket pack, red out rocket pack.
1: Yeah, I get you. Want to see him in the with the, the 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 white helmet with the fin on it and all that? Jazz. Yes, yes. So I do just want to go back and mention uh, the guy who plays Brainiac slash the voice of Rao. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is primarily in a bunch of different British miniseries, is right, but mostly. He is a video game voice actor.
0: Oh. I wonder if that's actually him doing the voice, too, because it might not be, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does, like, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. I know you're a big fan of that video game.
0: Oh, I play it all the time. The
1: Dark Souls video games. I have one of those. Right. The Dragon Age and Final Fantasy video games.
0: Never played any of those. Mm-hmm.
1: So he is a big video game voice actor, which as I understand is a thing.
0: It is. Why not? It's acting. Mm-hmm. That's like saying the guy who played Gollum and King Kong isn't an actor.
1: Nah, like he's just like I... a green suit with ping pong balls on it. <laughs> Stare at my ping pong balls. We had to make a special suit for your oddly shaped body. <laughs> anyway. Uh so Flash this week. Right. Um, continuing to figure out what the Thinker is up to, uh, is, you know, he's stealing a whole bunch of different things, of course, he's always one step ahead of them, we get a little bit of a revisit from, uh, Machete coming and offering Cisco the opportunity to take his place on the Breachers thing to be working alongside Gypsy, but I think the main thing of this episode is all the flashbacks of the relationship between DeVoe and Marlies.
0: Right, how Marlies would come to a plan... That uh this was marlisee 's story because we 've yes. seen the thinker's story where it was like, "Oh, I got sick, and my my body's betraying me, and blah blah blah, and how he got the the thinker's helmet and the and the explosion that gave the flash powers. This was marlisee 's journey to get where she is now and how she was on board, but now she's not, but makes me wonder if this is once again all a part of the thinker's plan because when you write a character who's nine steps ahead of everybody you're always trying to figure out where the thing that happens isn't the thing that he planned for and i'm not sure if marley's leaving in the thinker's chair is she's i think she's going to go to team flash for help is part of the thinker's plan or because they've established that emotional things aren't his best you know, he's, a, he's logical, not emotional. So he, he's like, oh, I could never have planned for this? I, I don't know anymore. That's, like, where we're at in his big Machiavellian plan.
1: Right. Now, we've been postulating, of course, even before he took over Ralph's body, which was, like, he did the gimmick where he turned his finger into the key, you know? Mm-hmm. But this episode was a little bit more downplayed of the uh, Ralph stuff. Right. Where they kind of really hammered it home more. So the previous episodes and not so much in this episode, if that makes any sense.
0: Right. Because they were going for the emotional tug in Barry's life in that episode. Now it's like, Oh, we don't want to drag the whole episode down. And we have to add this Marlies's story. We have to do the whole wells thing. Uh, there's like a lot going on now we're in the home stretch and this show too. So
1: they can't just keep harping on one thing. Right. Um, but I don't think, I still don't think Marlies is going to go to Team Flash. Where do you think she's going? Then? I think she's going to kind of just, she might get, like, she's not going to join them, if that makes any sense. I think she's going to give them, like, one bit of information and then be done with all of this.
0: Or well, she's going to
1: show up at, like, a crucial moment to pull the carpet out from underneath uh, DeVoe.
0: Well here's what what I think is gonna happen. She's going like she's going to betray DeVoe to Team Flash. That's regardless. Because she's not in on the plan. She's like, I I was with you on technology. Like technology is bad and we were gonna destroy it. But now you're going to lobotomize people and that's too far. So the only person she thinks that can stop it is Team Flash. So she's gonna go now whether they throw her in one of those like little like cells and she's around for the next couple episodes so they can ask her questions that's more along like instead of joining that's what's gonna be she's gonna be like I'm gonna reluctantly get turn myself in so we can stop what's happening
1: right and see that's why I think she's not going to do that I think she's going to just like when she leaves at the end of this episode she's like she's gone really? yes like we're not going to see her again until the second last or last episode Okay. But that's just me. That's my, uh, that's my theory on this. Right. We do love
0: theories on this show, but go ahead.
1: Right. Um, I just don't think she's going to join anyone. I know, I I know what you're saying, but I don't think she's going to be a main character for any time. Uh, coming of course, she's just going to deliver that one last punch at the end of the series to kind of turn the tide for the team but like not join anyone for the exact reason that you mentioned is if she goes to them they're just going to throw her in like a holding cell. I think she knows that. Mhm. So she's not going to do that.
0: It'll be interesting to see which way it goes.
1: Right. Um now the other thing of course this was the return after a few episodes. I know we had talked about it last week that Cecile hasn't been on a few episodes. And now she's back and uh <laughs> They're really hammering home how big she is with the pregnancy, Todd.
0: Oh well, <laughs> that's what you got to do—pregnancy humor.
1: Oh boy, she looks like she looks smaller than Caitlin. What? I'm just saying they're doing. A, they could have put like the fake gimmick bump in her, but all it is like in one scene she's like leaning in a weird mm-hmm. way. It's like yeah, I'm real big. <laughs>
0: oh yeah and there's also a Caitlyn storyline of her trying to get the the uh, the killer Frost stuff back
1: yeah but that's still been going on for a while and like the gypsy and Cisco stuff really didn't like do anything for me like yeah they bickered and whatever 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 but
0: other than breaking up we think
1: we think uh the cecile stuff though is um when she was with Harry because Harry because he was using the dark matter and the thinkers cap and everything else like that his Intellect is regressing, but because she could read minds, she saw what Harry was thinking before it went away.
0: Right. And she can remember better than he can. So he's like, I'll write it down on the big invisible board and this is how we're going to fix this. Right.
1: Uh, So obviously I think that's going to be a little bit of a twist to bring Harry back to not regressing in his his intelligence. Mm Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of things, at the very end of the episode, they get the delivery from allegedly XS. Yeah, and
0: the, the at the baby
1: shower. At the baby shower. Um, but I, she tips her hand, and I think if they weren't being tiptoe around it before, I think she's Joe and Cecile's kid.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Yes. Like if they weren't, like if they weren't being clear with it before, they were very clear with it this episode.
0: Yes because Excess is really uh, I'm trying to remember how that works. She, oh, no, cuz she was Excess was a cousin to Bart Allen, I don't know. I don't that's all confusing now, but I so, but definitely I think it's it's their their kid or at least because the Legion might be a thousand years in the future, uh, the mother well, she could time travel I guess. I'm all over the place with this, but it's probably her like you said as the baby. And, right, and, she,
1: and she does say that she, she again, tips her hand by saying that the baby is coming in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And there's only three weeks left of the show for the season.
0: What? what? You mean there isn't eight more episodes left? No.
1: And the other thing that I hate to do, Todd, and it does mm-hmm. happen from some time. So, did you get a chance to watch The Flash uh, as of um, the one that was on, like, as we're recording this?
0: No, I didn't. Okay. But I think I know where you're going. But Do you go want ahead, because I heard the things.
1: Title of the episode, Todd? You can. The title of the episode is Harry and the Harrisons.
0: uh oh! I think I know who's showing up.
1: Mm-hmm. Because the B plot is Harry hits an all-time low when the Council of Wells kick him out.
0: Oh boy! <laughs> Time for them to up the special effects
1: budget. I hope for he's Mad got an extra tube sticking in his eye. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. I've been waiting for this.
0: He has that Dorenic style tubes up his nose. <laughs> it's
1: a very specific art style that's uh, common to only two artists. One artist at the shop. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I think that's everything, right?
0: I <laughs> think so, too.
1: All right. Uh, so closing out episode 397 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
1: Boop!